You ever been surprised? Like, really surprised? I was trying to think back, but the first time that I was ever fully, totally, completely, didn't see it coming, surprised. I was a teenager. I believe I was turning 15, if memory serves, um, and I, they had just set me up. And I walked in, and I, it was at Grandma's house or something. We were going to get something. I opened the door, and surprise! And I was just overwhelmed with that sense of astonishment and awe. Like, how'd they pull it off? How didn't I see it coming? Um, last night, our family celebrated with my dad, who will celebrate his 70th birthday this week. And he was very clear. He said, I, don't, I know it's a big number, number 70, but I don't want any surprises. No surprise parties, none of that. He said, I'm turning 70 years old. At my age, I need no surprises. <laughs> and so we did. We had a nice family dinner, no surprise. Um, but I was thinking about that. How do you respond to surprises? When was the last time you were really surprised? Now, we can think of surprises in good ways and in bad ways. Uh, for the most part, I think we, we probably tend to not like surprises because most of the time we, when we get surprised, it tends to be in a negative way. The boss pulls you in and says, hey, I got some news for you. Or you go to the doctor for a checkup and they say, you know, I'm going to send this off to the, to the lab. You know, there, there are times in which, or you get that call and, and you weren't expecting and all of a sudden you're having a funeral because you were surprised. You, you didn't see it coming. When we think about today, we think about resurrection Sunday, and the hope of the gospel, as Jeff said earlier, is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as I think about it, today is really no surprise for us. For 20 centuries, the church, the the church of Christ, the body of Christ, his people, the called out, have been again and again and again coming back to the tomb. It's the center of our hope. It's the centerpiece of what we do. It's the center of our faith. There's no surprise to us. But it wasn't like that on the very first, first day of the week. The the, the very first time the disciples peered into that empty tomb, it was a surprise. They didn't see it coming. But the strange thing about that is they, they absolutely should have. They totally should have. And we're going to talk about that this morning. Uh, the, the lessons of the resurrection for them and some application for us. So if you're turning, turn in your Bibles to Matthew. Uh, the first reason why they shouldn't have been surprised on Sunday morning is because they were told. Matthew chapter 17 Uh, Verse 25 is where you want to go, and if you're here this morning and you're not quite too familiar with where everything is in the Bible, don't worry, I'm going to read some page numbers, just grab that pew Bible, and you can follow along with us. We really do want you in the Word, because I can tell you, but you should always cross-check it with what this book says, okay? Matthew chapter 17, verses uh, 22 and 23 and this is just after the transfiguration of Christ. And in, in page 1056, Matthew chapter 17, Matthew writes this. 
As they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and he will be raised on the third day. And they were greatly distressed. That he told them what was going to happen. Jesus was very clear. Turn to the book of Mark. We're going to go through the gospel accounts. Mark chapter 8, verse 31. Mark chapter 8, verse 31 is on one th- page 1083. Verse 31, Mark writes, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And after three days, rise again. All right, turn to Luke chapter 9, verse 22, page 1112, Luke 9, 22. Jesus had strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one, the, the, the confession that Peter had made about Jesus being the Christ, the Son of God. And he says, uh, he commanded them to tell this to no one. Verse 22, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised to life. So Jesus was absolutely clear, just as clear on the resurrection as he does, as he was concerning the crucifixion. Now, the disciples responded to this as as we might imagine, their beloved teacher, their rabbi, their friend, the man that they had walked with, they had seen do these miracles. And, of course, there's part of them that lives in protest. No, Lord, this can't happen to you. In fact, that's why Jesus rebuked Peter. But Jesus was 100% clear on his mission. There shouldn't have been any surprises at the cross, at the tomb. Both of those things were foretold by Jesus. He was very, very clear. And by the way, this should make Christianity absolutely clear. Because if Jesus, if they had found the body of Jesus, if they had figured out where that body was, then Jesus would be proved a liar, a charlatan, a fake, a phony, and a fraud. See, nobody found nobody. And because that tomb was empty, Jesus' predictions about himself, his mission, and his victory were absolutely 100% proved true. Now, Jesus foretold these things, but so too did Scripture. Now, of course, they didn't have a New Testament like you and I have. That was all written after the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. But they had the Old Testament, and those Scriptures were absolutely clear as well. Let's turn to some of those Scriptures. Oh, I jumped ahead on one point, just to be (laughs) 100% clear that Jesus was who he said he was. In Matthew chapter 27... Verse 63, now these are people who did not believe in Jesus. These are people who were not all in, okay? And they understood, according to Matthew chapter 27, this is after the death of Jesus. And they said, sir, we remember how that imposter said while he was still alive, after three days, I will rise, See, this, this is what they, they knew, that Jesus was so clear on this, that after they killed him, they were going to make sure that he stayed dead. 
to prove that he was a charlatan in their minds. They didn't believe him, but Jesus was clear and he was consistent. Let's look also at the Old Testament scriptures now, because those were absolutely clear as well. Turn to the book of Psalms toward the middle of your Bible. 150 chapters there. We're going to look at verse, I'm sorry, chapter 16. Now, there's a lot of Old Testament scriptures that foreshadow and tell of New Testament events, specifically concerning Christ and his life and even his resurrection. Chapter 16, verses 9 and 10. David writes, Therefore, My heart is glad, my whole being rejoices, my flesh also dwells secure, for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, which was the realm of the dead, or let your Holy One see corruption. David knew, inspired by the Spirit, of course, that Jesus, though he would die, he would not stay dead. He would not see corruption. He would not be abandoned to the realm of the dead, but would, in fact, Conquer it. Turn to the Old Testament prophet, the minor prophet of Hosea. Hosea is this prophet that we don't go to too often. But his prophecy in Hosea chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, is important to remember. Page 969, if you don't know where Hosea is, 969 in the Pew Bible. Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has not torn us. To pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up after our wounds. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us that we may live in his presence. And now, the major prophet of Isaiah, chapter 53, is a well known. Prediction concerning Jesus the Christ. They call this the chapter about the suffering servant. Page 788, if you don't know where Isaiah 53 is. He talks about the way in which Jesus would suffer. He writes about the, the, all of the events that would partake. And he says this near the conclusion. Verse 11. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life. And be satisfied. And by his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. It is important to understand that the resurrection was a matter of religious importance. When Jesus went to the house of Lazarus, and he's talking to Mary and Martha after Lazarus has died, Martha says... I know about the resurrection. I know that's going to happen. Jesus is clear. He takes it more than just some obscure grand future event. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall not perish. Even on resurrection morning, the angels said, hey, this should not have been a surprise to you. Matthew chapter 28, Matthew chapter 28, the end of Matthew's gospel, the disciples are coming in, Matthew chapter 28, page 1072, 
Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of that first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. And his appearance was like lightning, his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. They reminded him. Jesus told you about this. This shouldn't have been a surprise. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Jesus told you this. this was coming. We can go to the book of Mark chapter 16. At the end of Mark's account, Mark chapter 16, and verses 1 through 8 give us the account. I'm not going to read all of that, but I'm just going to read verse 6 to hammer the point. The angel says, he is risen. Uh, do, uh, do, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who is crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. He says in verse 7, but go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee, and then you will see him just as he told you. Turn to the gospel of Luke. I, I realize we're going heavy scripture this morning. I don't apologize for that because I, I need you to understand something, and, and we're getting to it. So keep so hang in there. Luke chapter twenty four, and we're going to start in verse four, page one thousand one hundred thirty five. And I'll just tell you, it's such a great sound to hear pages ruffling. And I know some of you are on your screens, but but to be reminded of the promises of Jesus, verse four of Luke twenty four. While they were perplexed about this. Behold, two men stood by, uh, stood by them in dazzling apparel. As they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember, I hope you'll underline that in your Bible. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. He said, the Son of Man must be delivered to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Look at verse 8. And they remembered his words. You see, they should have been expecting it. Uh, uh, the, the, the cross shouldn't have been a surprise, but, but neither should have Sunday morning. Jesus told them the scriptures were 100% clear concerning this Messiah and his resurrection. Even the angels reminded them, what are you, what are you doing here? He told you about this. He told you this was going to happen. He told you where he'd meet you. And then they remembered. So, so you see, Sunday should not have been a surprise. And yet it was. Why is that? In my view of it, here's the problem. They either forgot what he said, or they doubted what he said. 
They either forgot, which is the possibility is great, over three years walking with him, hearing him teach lots of things, preach lots of sermons, teach in synagogues. He told lots of things. But, but I would think over the course of all of that teaching that you would remember something like, they're going to kill me, but don't worry, three days later, I'll be back. I mean, I've been teaching now, this is my seventh year in the pulpit. And if I preach something like that, that would not be forgotten. <laughs> You'd have to work really hard to forget something like that. Because it's either true or, a, or an audacious lie. But maybe still they forgot. Maybe the cross was that deep and that dark and that Friday looked so awful and their hope had all but dissipated. And this is the sense you get from Scripture but in somehow they had let go. Not that they forgot that they forgot what he said in memory, but they, they let go of it. They let go of the promise. Or the second possibility is that they doubted him. They say, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, Jesus was not the first person to claim to be the Messiah. Gamaliel says this in, Acts, in, in the book of Acts. He'll say, listen, this guy claimed to be something. We killed him, and it was nothing. And his, his followers went, Psh. Okay, and that's, that's what's going to happen here if Jesus is not the Savior. But the second possibility is that they, they simply doubted. They didn't believe him. They didn't trust him. They had Jesus himself. They had the scriptures. They had the angels but something, something between when they read it or when he said it and when they actually saw the empty tomb on Sunday morning, there was a gap. They either forgot or they doubted what he said. Well, they all eventually would come to believe. They would, of course, there were so many witnesses to the resurrected Jesus. Uh, we're going to talk more about that tonight if you want to join us. Uh, we're going to study more in depth, First Corinthians chapter 15, but... There were hundreds of witnesses. There were probably more people that saw the resurrected Jesus than are in this room this morning. There's hundreds of people. Lots of people saw him and heard him talk and saw this, the wounds and knew that he came out. It wasn't just that they saw the empty tomb. They saw the risen Lord. All right, so what do we do with, can we just sit here and pick on all of them for forgetting, for doubting? Maybe we can get a lesson for us. Two things. Number one, may we remember what he said. It's really important 2,000 years after Jesus was resurrected to every day at some point open the book and just, even if it's just one verse, to remember what he said. Because it's so easy, isn't it, to get distracted? We live in the age of constant distraction. You know, some of you tuned out about eight minutes ago because that's all your attention span can handle, okay? That's the age that we live in. So we've got to be diligent and purposeful and intentional about constantly going back to what Jesus said and to remembering that what he said matters, and so I'll encourage you again, as I did at the beginning of worship, if you don't have a Bible of your own, take one of those pew Bibles this morning. If you don't have a plan for working through the words of Jesus, the teachings of the apostles and the, and the scriptures, take that 2022 Bible reading. I know it's April. You've still got eight months left of the year. 
But that's important because you and I, just as they were, tend to be forgetful because we're human. Remember, I'm human and humans forget. So remind me, remind me, dear Lord. So much of what we do as a people is God reminding us. I'm preaching from a book to remind you of what's true, of of what he wrote, of what he inspired, of his son. Just a, a few minutes ago, we partook of something to remember what Jesus did. Uh, We remember in the songs that we sing and the prayers that we pray, it's important that we remember that. So remember, because you have a tendency as a human being to forget. And the second is this. You got to trust him. You got to trust what he said. Last scripture will be in John chapter 11. I hope you'll turn there. John chapter 11. This is the story that I referred to about the raising of Lazarus. It's a fascinating story. I'll encourage you to read the whole thing. But we're just going to be starting in verse 21. This is after Lazarus has died. Jesus was not far away. Martha was very confused because Jesus loved him. So, so she thought. Page 1152, verse 21 of John 11. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. See, Martha knew, Mary did too, that Jesus was special. Maybe they didn't know how special. But Jesus presses the point. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. She knew about the scriptures. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And in my mind's eye, I always picture this conversation between Jesus and Martha. And I think he, he gets right up close. Where he's looking not just into her eyes, but into her heart. And he asks this question. Do you believe this? As Jesus knew what he was going to do with Lazarus. Jesus certainly knew what he was going to do. After the cross. But what he needed them to take hold of was to believe that Jesus was the resurrection and the life. To trust fully. And here's why that matters. Because if Jesus was not raised from the dead, if this is just a fairy tale, some made up thing, a a metaphor, as some liberal theologians will claim, but, it, but if that's true, then nothing Jesus said matters. We should not be here this morning. Leave, get out of the parking lot as fast as possible, shut off the lights, lock the doors, and don't ever come back. If, if Jesus was not resurrected. 
It doesn't matter. However, if Jesus was resurrected, then everything that he said matters. Everything that he said matters. And because we who believe, not only believe that he was raised, we believe everything that he said. That's what we mean by belief. That's what we mean by trust. And all of that leads us to obeying what Jesus said to do. So you have three options this morning. One, you can choose to forget any of this stuff and not believe any of it. There's people out in the world that today's just a regular day. Means nothing to them. There was an article written in the New York Slimes that was just a, a heartbreaker. On Good Friday, of all things, talking about how wish we could just leave God out of this whole thing. In fact, the very last line of that article is, I think it's about time we started killing off all the gods. And my response to that is, you know, they tried that once. And that's what today is about. Didn't work then, not going to work today. So you can choose to believe it, but do nothing about it. That's your second option. Or you can choose to trust him and obey him and do everything that he said. The resurrection is a promise they could believe then, and yet they forgot, or maybe they doubted. But resurrection is a promise that's still true today, and we can take hold of it. If you're ready to have the resurrection hope that we have, it starts by believing Jesus and doing what he said. It starts by putting him on in baptism, expressing your faith in him, being penitent of sin. And we'd be happy to help you do that this very resurrection morning. I can think of no better day than on today to begin your walk with Jesus to be immersed into his name and to be raised to walk in newness of life. If you need to do that, if you haven't put on Christ in baptism, you're not ready and you do not, you have not been promised the hope of resurrection. If you haven't done that, do that this morning. Don't put it off one more minute, one more hour, one more day. And if you need any other, have it, we can pray for you or help you or encourage you in any other way. We'll be glad to do that too. Our shepherds await at the back. We're going to sing a song. If you have a spiritual need to put on Christ, or you just need prayers in your walk with Christ, uh, you can head to the back and find one of our shepherds, and they'll be glad to assist you. Whatever you need might have, uh, won't you head toward the back at this time if you have a need? And for the rest of us, let's stand and sing.